0: Public standards announced followed me home the other day. It's hated, the it, never my mind. Archive Show. For away. September so 13th, fucking so 13th, 13th, 2023. I'm How's it going? Oh, boy, oh, boy. I this is going to be our first best be of episode. In fact, I'm going to call it the best in the world of episode. of CM punk. I talk about him in a couple of episodes in the course of the seven years that I recorded. Uh, first one is from... Right after his UFC fight, a little bit of the background of the Phil Brooks, the fella. Uh, this was the first half episode that I recorded, I think, episode 2.5. Holy crap, that was exactly seven years ago that he got into a fight, you know, in the UFC against Ricky Gall. September 10, 2016, that I recorded this. Oh, just over seven years ago. I covered that a little bit. I'm going to go into that first, but I have one more clip from a couple years ago when Mr. Phil Brooks... Um, made his debut and came back in AEW in 2021. Um, you know, how how much times have changed in the seven years? I think you'll hear a lot of that. And then also a little bit of different voice in my tone, myself also, but have at it. Enjoy. This is a episode 2.5, uh, back in the day, seven years ago. Um,
1: leading up to this, um, I... Look at it in a different perspective. If you want to look at it in a strict sport and all that term, sure. Like, this is a freak show, again. But I, I admit I've been a fan of CM Punk since his indie days in Ring of Honor and whatnot. So a little bit of a back So he has been a professional wrestler for, what, 15 years? Since the late 90s, 98, 99 in the backyards of the Chicago area, from Chicago. And he worked his way through... And ended up in WWE system in two thousand five, two thousand six, but he wasn't. He's been an indie darling, so internet loves him. Uh, but Vince McMahon or the main event people didn't really think much of him. Um, so he was scuffling around and kicking the bushes, and he finally vented in two thousand eleven after six years with the company. Uh it's called the famous pipe bomb speech, so I don't wanna go through it. go find it on YouTube. It's very fascinating. uh and he had a small run for th- two years, two and a half years uh before he quit early 2014. uh his main goal as any main entertain- entertainer would want is like he wants to be the lead. Star On the leading show On Wrestlemania Which is headlining The Wrestlemania Main Like Main carding it Or not even main card Top of the main card Um But He didn't get it For Two Three years That he tried And then Whenever They all WWE always gave him An excuse Um uh, You know On why He doesn't get it Or they always give him They feed him Same program Over and over With other people that he already established his position. If you want to hear more about that, go look for a Cole Cabana podcast uh, that tells his story on why he quit WWE. Now, when I think it's a very relatable story. It's a typical story about a burnout and losing passion about something or about of your profession and work you do. So because of that, I find it very fascinating. Now, when he quit... Uh, he quit wrestling as a whole he didn't go to another wrestling company and this guy lived and died wrestling um when other wrestlers watch him like bret hart you know they see that he does little things uh, that you know regular people folks like me don't see and then they go oh that's a little tribute to bret or that's a little tribute to stone cold steve austin in a spot during a match and he incorporated some of the mma moves too uh or a sequence that happened um so and he put all that work into it and he's a wrestling geek and performing at the same time but he doesn't get the credit he deserves and he doesn't get to headline the Wrestlemania and the last thing they wanted him to do in 2014 Wrestlemania was to wrestle Triple H who he wrestled in 2011 uh in a storyline after the pipe bomb uh and when I hear a story like that, I go like, you know what? Why are you giving me the same thing that I already achieved, you know, a few years ago? What am I achieving here? And I guess that became the straw that broke the camel's back, and he left. And then, you know, what's he gonna do? What's he gonna do? And this is not the first time a wrestler walked out on a, on a promotion before Stone Cold Steve Austin did it. But he headlined WrestleMania with Rock, you know, and he, he's he achieved everything already. And he was burnt out from traveling and all that, too. You have, like, seven events five days a week. And then you got to pay for your own rent and all that. Anyway, I'm not going to go into that. So he quit. And there are other wrestlers that did this, too. Like Chris Jericho. He quit in 05, came back three years later. Paul Heyman quit as a promoter and a creative mind. He quit in 07, 08. And then he came back when Brock Lesnar came back to WWE. That took four or five years, you know. And if you think it's just wrestling... I disagree I think if you're working on a passion project or work whether you're at a startup or in a small company or in a big company you would go in a fast living world in the workaholic uh, environment in the encouraged world that we live in today I think it's very relatable and Punk said fuck it I'm gonna fight and Dana said why do you want to fight in UFC and I'm like okay You know what? Like, he's not getting any younger. And then, granted, I disagree with the route he took. But marketing-wise and money-wise, it made perfect sense. So I understand that side, too. And to be honest, like, when he he said even tonight, like, tonight's the happiest night. And it's ironic that the place that they fought in the Quicken Loans Arena, the Q, in Cleveland, Ohio, was the... place that he told vince McMahon he quit and then he sh- you know that was a story it's like oh boy cleveland is a weird place for him that was a place that he was supposed to debut in 07 but he didn't and that's the place in 2014 when he walked out he told vince McMahon, i'm going home back to chicago and then he showed the room where vince McMahon, <laughs> you know sits when he goes to arena's um so it's a is it a bad omen I think it was, um, given how <laughs> hindsight is 2020, but it, it went bad. But I think if you, if you follow the backstory, not just the fighting career over the last two years, uh, CM Punk, Phil Brooks. Um, I think it's good that he got ass, he got his ass beaten, but I mean, it would have been a nicer Disney story if he won somehow, which it would have been like very impossible but i un- i understand where that guy came from and then i said before the fight i think if he lost he would have been fine too because he lost on getting something after he tried it's not like when he was at wwe and vince and triple h and all these people will try to not put him in the main event and keep putting Rock and Cena instead of making it into a triple strap match and all that in 2012 13 WrestleManias that's political roadblock bullshit he was facing so and he gave his all and he didn't feel that his best got him to the failure but in this case in tonight's fight with Mickey Gall he gave his best with the term and the injuries that he was given the last two years and he ended up being a rudimentary fighter and it seemed very sadistic in a sense but you know i think i get it i think i understand why he wanted to just do this and if he fails he fails on his own terms and i think that's very admirable and it's something that we should think about especially if we you know, work hard and all that You know, he's not the only one who does this You know, people take extreme sabbaticals Like the guy at Google, the v- executive VP, senior VP Who went to Mount Kilimanjaro and said You know what, uh, I'm gonna stay another two weeks with his wife And then, uh, you know, do all that stuff Everybody goes to Mount Everest now It's a shit show, it's a shit trail over there You know, especially if you're working tech You have a lot of money and time And then I gotta, I don't want that I mean, I've had that burnout too you know, I'm not gonna go through it, but I really but I don't wanna take that. I just say I wanna go home and just do nothing for a while. And Punk finally said, you know what, I he's passionate about this. He's been a fan, although he hasn't been a fighter, and he took on a challenge. He got his ass handed to him. If I were him, yeah, it feels bad. But I think he's happy and then I I think I know where he comes from because I kind of had that moment too especially this year uh you know so anyway so from a personal life story perspective that's the way I see it and I don't know how many people talked about this or wrote about this I don't th- I don't think anyone t- talked about it so I hope this gives a pr- different perspective now back to a bit of marketing and then the fight card itself um and his CM Punk's now a defeated career after 2 de- years of undefeated 00 0 record that he had he's going to get a second fight i th- think um you know ufc always did this they always put a hard opponent unless i don't know maybe the way he lost tonight <sighs> i always thought he's going to get a second fight and Mickey Gal, even tonight said he's going to get a sec- cm punk's going to get a second fight because My god, like UFC always does, is putting a tough opponent in front of the debuting guy, especially for celebrities. Same as Vince McMahon, like, you know, it's like, oh, I don't want to prove that WWE guy cannot look weak here, so give a weird booking. So, and Dana White is a mini Vince McMahon. I don't care what people say about wrestling versus MMA, boxing, MMA, wrestling, professional wrestling, if you're on a prize fighting promotion that's driven by individuals and characters. You're in the same business, okay? And Dana White is a mini Vince McMahon, except he has people fighting for real in the octagon cage, okay? So, from a business perspective and promotion, Punk has to get a second fight. Will it be at a pay-per-view? I don't think so. I hope it's just at a fight night early or preliminary card somewhere down the road, and Punk says he's going to fight and he's going to continue train train his training. Great, you know, uh, let him work his game. Oh, Herschel Walker did this too. So, you know, let's see what happens. And if he's really passionate about it, keep fighting. Maybe it's another two years before he fights again. Ronda Rousey's been away forever now. I've been egging on Travis Brown for that. He called himself a timeout today in the middle of the ring. Ronda gave herself a timeout too. A longer one. When she coming back? Nobody knows. Anyways, going off tangent. So, and if Punk doesn't fight in UFC and UFC doesn't sign him for that new fight, Bellator is gonna sign him. Bellator is becoming a major league soccer to Premier League. You know, so <laughs> he's gonna get a second fight, despite how it went down tonight. So you'll see him again, I think, unless he says I'm done and then he goes back to wrestling or writing comic books or just doing shows. He's a good talker. You know, so let's see how that goes, but um, yeah, and Mickey Gal, like I said, I think is a very marketable guy, and hopefully, he <coughs> uh, rec- uh, improves his uh, fighting profile and portfolio, which he tried to do with the striking game tonight, but didn't happen, obviously. But let's see how that goes. Um, I I, I find the vast gal pretty fascinating too. Gal Gal Gal, it's two L's g-a-l-l so anyways um yeah hopefully that's it oh my god i kept it under 30 minutes i'm very happy i kind of cut that cm punk story short but um if you want to know more about him you know go check out the Cole cabana story or is like cm punk why he quit shoots on and then the pipe bomb promotion just watch it if you're an everyday corporate monkey like me or something or if you experience the burnout you'll feel where he came from and i hopefully this gives you a better idea Uh, As to Why I found The lead up to the Tonight's event Fascinating And I don't know It's something to think about If you care about that If you're just a Fight fan just out there It's like Fight is a fight This is a sport Okay go ahead Do that But that's the way I looked at it Poetic No But Hell I think it's a good life story And then it's a good life lesson And then I applaud him Applaud him for Trying And you know Having balls to get in there and get his ass kicked and stand up in front of the crowd. And to be honest, the crowd was with him, uh, surprisingly, in Cleveland. Uh, There are a lot of wrestling fans in there for sure. And, uh, you know, MMA crowd, wrestling crowd, it's the same demographic. I love watching both. I, I love both, you know. All right, that's it on the UFC side. Uh, so
0: that was the first clip that I had from seven years ago. Now, this next clip is a very short question. It was from the, in my annual Q&A episode that I did uh, August 25th, 2021. I think it was like a week after the CM Punk came back in the episode of AEW Rampage. And then it was, I think it's still the, one of the highest TV shows that AEW has done so far.
1: And you
0: know what? And I think I was asked a question: uh, Who's my favorite wrestler, or something? After favorite, most favorite, uh, my favorite quarterback. So, anyways, here's my answer, and then my meandering for about uh, four minutes or so. And then, uh, yeah, take a listen. It's from August 25th, 2021, episode
1: 231. Favorite wrestler, dude. I got gazillion. I like a little bit of everything from everybody. I pick brains and the styles from all, but. St- you know, I, fuck it If I have to pick one right now I say, yeah, it will be CM Punk Go back and listen to the half-so half that I did uh, 3.5, was it? UFC 203, I think it was I did, you know, in the beginning of this show I talked about the story of CM Punk Why, like, that guy is an inspiration This is, I recorded this right after his Mickey Gall fight The first one And I explained, like, you know Stop staying at the fucking rudimentary fighter shit You know, just talk the way the guy approaches life and his career. uh, I could totally relate. And then the pipe bomb. God, that speech was from 2011, 10 years ago. Uh, Go go watch that thing. And then how he gave his, you know, all to this business, the professional wrestling or the sports entertainment. Then he came back just like last week after seven years, and how he's been very convicted and sure about himself that amount of swagger and then the life choice the fuck it attitude uh betting on himself more than fuck the world i think that's very admirable and then i think that's why he's such an attractive you know you know very uh attracting force and then that's how people galvanize you know around that guy you know so i if i had to pick you know one right now It'll be it'll be CM Punk, but there are a bunch of people, especially in all elite wrestling, AEW, that I I like. So you know it's a little bit of a mixed bag. But if I pick one, that'll be that purely from the uh, how he approaches life and all that stuff. So and then holy shit, you know we're all geeks. You know he's a fucking nerd too. So that's the thing. And then he's he's free to admit it. And then I love that about the guy. And then all the other wrestlers. You got out there. It's no different from all these athletes or the Twitch gamers that are going like, Yeah, I've been a geek in something too, I, I've, you know. So it's okay to admit it. Not everyone is alpha right off the bat, you know, especially actors, especially wrestlers and all those people. It's public-speaking people, politicians. You think they were always that fucking great from the beginning? And then you see the progression of it, you know, whether it's CM Punk, whether it's The Rock, you know, whether it's, um, you know, Ric Flair, you know. Uh, or the racist Terry Balea Hulk Hogan, you know they ha- they all had their moments, and then uh, that's the that's the thing. The CM Punk brings the most amount of authenticity and the philosophy in life, and be able to speak on it with such conviction that I think is very admirable. You know whether it's character or not. Even though people play the characters in the wrestling, it's always something of 120 percent of themselves. You know whether it's like yeah Stone Cold Steve Austin or like. Becky Lynch or something you know or Sasha Banks Snoop Dogg's cousin they always say you know but I just go like you know they you could relate there are a lot of archetypes especially the wrestlers more than other actri- actors and actresses in entertainment and sports industry that you can totally relate which makes it a most fascinating field of entertainment um, that I can find and it's the most American because it's a very American thing to you know, amplify your personality like Stone Cold Steve Austin. He always said it's uh, it's like Steve Austin, going 115 percent. You know, stuff like that. Only in a uh, American culture, American way of speaking, you could do that, and then that got translated into different languages and different cultures. I think it's a very admirable thing. People don't realize, and people look up to, and then go like, Wow, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair. You know, Trish Status, you know, something like that. Like I wish I could be like that. You know, it's very empowering. It's very authentic. It's 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 an, the amount of freedom that you get from expressing yourselves in such a way with this amount of swagger, amount of wussiness, you know, just showing all that. I think and be able to physically portray that, uh, is a very inter- interesting form of art, albeit very physical. So uh but out of that, who's done the best job? It would be CM Punk and uh, Steve Austin and The Rock. I think those three are, like, the pinnacle at the moment. And then, But then it keep changing. Yeah, I also got Ric Flair. Ric Flair is a all-time legend, you know? It, like, more than Hulk Hogan for me. Like, Hulk, I just go, like, you know, whatever, bro. Um, and then I could go on and on. But I would say, yeah, stay topical
0: at this point. Ah, uh, shit. I spent way too much. And, oh, shit. I spent four minutes answering one question, meandering about it. But you get the idea. You know, you get a little bit of background and probably my bias towards Phil Brooks. But although, I, you know, obviously a lot has happened over the last two years, including the last two months or so, which I talked about. I want you to go back and listen to episode 337. Just the general HR handling of it. You know, just the analysis, the analysis of it. But anyways, I'm going to come back with a new episode because this is a new thing I'm trying, you know, best of since with all the archives that we got, stay a little topical. And then also, you know, I need a little bit of a break. I got about a four-hour drive coming up in about six hours. So I'm going to handle that. You know, I have you have a great rest of the week. Email me at o at outlook.com, o at outlook.com. I'm not on the YouTube music yet. I haven't figured out the video. Anyways, have a great rest of the week.